Hi, I'm Neville J. McKenzie, and you're listening to Asherbiz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. You're about to listen to the 11th in the series of 15 episodes that were created for the Entrepreneurs Asia website, the magazine website founded and created by my colleague Max Henry. In the first cast, I gave you a brief background to the series. I hope that you find the series interesting and informative. As you continue to listen to the series, please visit my website at asiabizstories.com. That's asiabizstories.com. And please leave any comments or suggestions. So now, without further delay, let's begin. Are you ready to begin your journey out of the realm of just theories and into a world of excitement and experience that only comes with braving the unknown? Join us as we speak to entrepreneurs who have faced the challenges of successfully creating businesses at home as well as abroad. Whether it's arts, services, or tech, from Shanghai to Tokyo, Bangkok to Mumbai, we'll help you find your inspiration and turn it into action. Get ready for Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now welcome your host, Neville J. McKenzie. Today's episode is different as we have three interviews. They are in order with Leonello Lunesu, Kent Zaitlik and Noah Solnik, Tekazu volunteers which organized Hakazu 2015 at Xinxiajian located in the Jing'an district in the heart of Shanghai. At the event, teams came up with real-world problems and were given 48 hours to solve them using a mixture of hardware and software. These three volunteers were on hand to teach, offer their advice and aid to beginners, the experienced and the advanced. They did it with enthusiasm and encouragement as the participants completed their tasks over the two days of activities. So it is with great pleasure that we move on with the interviews. We begin with our first interview with Leonello Lunesu. Okay, so I'm with Leo. We're still at the Hakazu and Leo is one of the experts here that helped me out yesterday when I was on the beginner's course. So, Leo, can you introduce yourself? Uh, hello, everybody. I'm, my name is uh, Leo, short for Leonello. Uh, I'm a staff member at the hackerspace where we're at now. Xinqiu uh, Zhen is China's uh, biggest and first hackerspace. Uh, founded four years ago, I joined four years ago as a, a member, and now I'm a staff member helping others. Um, yeah, I'm from the Netherlands, uh, although my dad is Italian, so that always makes it hard to respond to that question. Well, I have done mostly startups in my life, and I'm doing one again as of three months ago uh, with uh, other people in the hackerspace, actually. We decided to turn one of our side projects into a full-time uh, job, into a, a product, uh, so we're doing that full-time. and learning a lot from that. But my background uh, has been mostly software. So now doing a hardware startup makes it uh, very challenging, learning a lot. Uh, I've had a startup. Uh, my first startup was my own uh, maybe 18 years ago. <laughs> I, uh, I dropped out of school and me and a, a university buddy of mine, we started making computer games and we were able to uh, make money from that. So that was fun. We made How virtual. Old how old were you? I was like 21. 21. So you were you um, university? Yes, university. I dropped out of uh, uh, technical university. I mean, dropped out. I, I just stopped going, I guess. That's, yeah. Uh, it's not, 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 not actually an act yeah, of dropping yeah, out. Yeah. There's no formalities for it. Uh, 
yeah, we had a, we made virtual reality games. I would say um, before virtual reality was a thing. Now with Oculus Rift, it's all coming back again, uh, which is weird because 17 years ago it was very hard to get people interested in what we were doing. But we had the same headsets, uh, you know, 3D vision with gloves, and we did trainings. For example, escaping oil rigs uh, on fire, stuff like that. So you're ahead of your time. Um, yeah, now people say I was ahead of my time. That you're, doesn't really help me much. <laughs> um, but we had great fun, uh, which was the main reason why we did that. We just rolled into it and uh, kept doing that for uh, five years. Then we, we sold our technology to another uh, Dutch company doing uh, like CAD, computer-aided design, CAD yeah. programs. And they were using our virtual reality uh, technology to be able to walk through the buildings as they were being built. So that was really uh, innovative. Um, yeah, so instead of having like uh, flat surfaces with lines that people, that only engineers understand, now these lines were actually translated into a actual building that you could walk through. So project managers could actually constantly walk through the, this building and see it built around them and, and put, keep an eye on the contractors. So you had the water contractor laying pipes as the electrical uh, contractor was putting the wires in. And as soon as like a wire crossed a pipe, you would have a warning because this could not actually be built. So that was really, really nice real-time and, building. And did you get paid for that? That was a, a, a full-time job. So yeah. I was an employee in that company, uh, one of the early ones, uh, but it was a private company. Yeah. Uh, Worked there for eight years. That landed me in uh, Bucharest, uh, Romania, for five years, and eventually Beijing. So in, in total, I worked for that company for eight years. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's how I ended up in China. They had an office in uh, in uh, Beijing. Uh, after five years of Romania, I thought I needed a change of scenery. Yeah. Okay. And on a business trip to China, I was so amazed by how modern China was in comparison to Romania anyway. And then I asked my boss to move there. Um, after two years in China, I quit that company because it wasn't delivering, I thought, fast enough. After eight years, I, my patience was running low. And then I found a job at uh, Microsoft Shanghai. So I moved to Shanghai for that job. Uh, I had never had a corporate job before. So that was my uh, three years at Microsoft. Was a, yeah, it was very interesting. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, worked on uh, Windows 8. It's like arguably world's biggest software project at world's biggest software company. So uh, very good learning experience. So but how do you, I mean, Windows 8 in China is in Chinese? Is no, 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 we were just making some components oh, for components. The, the, the whole operating system, yeah. which would then go back to the US to get integrated oh, okay. in, in, yeah. into the bigger. Uh, you weren't translating. No, no, this was actually, uh, it was not, has not, nothing to do with Chinese. There was no reason why that team was in China, oh. other than maybe historical reason, maybe travel to the manager. This is how stuff moves around in big companies. Um, no, it was very interesting. So if it were translations uh, as, a, as a Dutchman, there was maybe little I would add to uh, a Chinese team. Okay. But no, it was very hardcore technology, uh, so very, very cool. And then uh, I quit Microsoft to join a startup with other Microsoft people. So actually, uh, two managers had started a startup and I joined them. Uh, did that for a, a little over a year uh, and then decided to do my own thing. So I, I thought it was time again to pick up my entrepreneurial uh, spirit, and, uh, which had at that time been 
uh, dormant for 12 years, I suppose. Um, yeah, so th that's what I'm doing now. I'm making a um, uh, yeah, devices or so hardware device company, and uh, the shape and form of device is uh, changing continuously because of uh, user testing. So um, I'm quite excited. Okay, good. So at the uh, hackathon, today's hackathon, what are you actually doing? What was your expertise at the hackathon? Well, I was uh, called in initially for the Arduino workshop because yeah. I'm uh, the hackerspace is a non-profit. So one way we keep it running is memberships, but also workshops. So we ask volunteers like myself to do workshops in topics that they are like familiar with. So in my case, that's like programming or uh, electronics or Arduino. And uh, so I've been doing the Arduino workshops for like years now. Uh, every month there's like one or two of them. So when there was an Arduino workshop as part of the hackathon, I was like asked to, to join that uh, and help out there. Uh, but then I stuck around and helped teams with some of the more day-to-day -day <laughs> trouble that they might have, like electronics or software, hardware, whatever it is. Yeah, I actually took part in the Arduino workshop yesterday. And yeah. I enjoyed it immensely um, and I was able to learn quite a bit. It's it's always fun to see people because it seems so insurmountable, right? Interfacing with computer, like having a sensor open a door automatically. But then after a workshop of two hours workshop, you have like people with no programming experience, with no electronics experience, actually be able to write on their own a, a simple like one of the projects here is like an automatic cat door. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and and that's just so so nice to see. I you I think you. Uh, by the, doing an Arduino workshop, you you just demystify some yeah. of the the magic that seems to happen around you. Yeah, it's because I, mean, I I had this idea that somehow software and hardware didn't go together. I don't know where I got that idea from, but to me they were separate. And then I came to the Arduino workshop, and I realized I start to understand how integrated they were and how right. closely they were. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. I think purely a, a language issue that the words soft and hard uh, have are so extreme uh, yeah. that they, they, they seem unrelated. But uh, when software meets hardware, just magic happens. And this is one reason why after having worked on software for like uh, well, 17 years, uh, I'm really excited to, to start making devices on my own. And, and then you see how hardware and software combine into a solution. Um, many people choose startups like internet startups or apps. So um, I decided decided not to do apps, but actually go into hardware because oh. I think the, the combination is magical. In the practical sort of real world, I need something to help me. Right, and, and there are so many problems out there. And if you limit yourself to apps, you you're not solving them, or you're solving them uh, uh, not the right way. You're, so limiting yourself to apps uh, to solve uh, real-world problems, uh, you won't get the perfect solution. And if you not don't limit yourself and you consider like, what if we make custom hardware for this problem? Of course, combined with the right software, maybe with the right cloud service, then yeah, you you have a much broader spectrum of uh, uh, to 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 look for your solution. You get a better solution because of it. Yeah. Okay. So. What would you advise somebody out there thinking of coming down to a hackerspace or following your road of um, getting involved in projects? What would you advise somebody new to the world? 
Now, first of all, the, the, the name hackerspace doesn't do the cause justice. So makerspace is a more friendly name uh, that I think we should probably start to adopt because it's all about making. And making. Whether, whether it's, uh, in this case, making an app or paintings, we have uh, members painting, we have members uh, doing urban farming, which is making food, basically. So it's all about making. And uh, I think people that go to an office job and back home to read a book and then there's I think they might not feel it as such but when you start getting those people involved in actually making stuff with their hands and then it can be electronics but it doesn't have to be obviously uh, you just feel that there's like a creative side to them that they've never never or <laughs> have been like not using enough I would say so uh, the makerspace is all about making and uh, just going to a makerspace, joining maybe a, a workshop uh, is a great way to get started. Uh, and the, the, even the, the scope of workshops is so different in, in, in our case. We have, like I said, programming, urban farming. These are all workshops that we do. Uh, electronics, um, spaghetti bridge, another crazy example of people spaghetti. making it. It's actually an international thing, so it didn't start here, but we, we do it, run it regularly because people love it. You use, uh, spaghetti and hot glue to make a bridge that is as strong as possible. And so you, you think about, you have these like finance people coming in and uh, joining the workshop and then suddenly thinking about uh, like the strength of spaghetti, the fact that you can pull it but not push it, right? You, so that you, when you construct a bridge, it's like working with uh, steel wires in that respect. So it's very interesting and uh, you can see they're, they're, they're used to typing all day. And then suddenly they burn themselves. And I don't know. I think it's uh, very entertaining. Yeah. Always get great response. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, so if anyone wants to get in touch with you or any of your projects, how can they do so? The, the, the best way is to come by uh, the, the hackerspace in, uh, in Shanghai, Xinjiang. It's near the Jing'an Temple. Uh, we have Wednesday nights uh, starting at 7. We have open nights. So we invite any, everybody to come by and uh, talk about projects. We'll do some presentations. Uh, I shouldn't say we, the community, there will be people doing presentations uh, or become a member, right? Member, you can sign up anytime and uh, just start. Come with an idea and we'll get you started uh, somehow or other. So if I came along and I just wanted to get involved, I just introduce myself to you and you'll say, well, speak to this person. Signing up is really, uh, there's not actually a procedure for it. If you put money in the money box, then consider yourself a member. That's kind of the, the bar. Okay. Uh, so you don't actually need somebody to sign you up. You have a money box. There's like envelopes beside it. You write your name down, uh, put it in and uh, away you go. And, and you, you use the tools, you use the materials that there are. You, of course, human resources as well, right? People that are working on stuff, ask them, what are they doing? Can I help? Or I want to make something. How can you get me started? It's all about sharing and uh, like uh, helping each other make, uh, make things. Thank okay. You. Thank you very much, Leo. And, um, I'll keep in touch. And you know, do you have an email? Uh, I do. My, my email is uh, Leo, L I O at lunesu.com l-u-n-e-s-u.com so you can reach me if you have any questions uh, about stuff that i did or the hackerspace in particular then feel free to reach out okay thank you very much and i'll keep in touch thanks Bye -bye.
That was Shanghai Shinchujian staff member and Tekizu volunteer Lionello Lunesu. Lionello explained his journey to becoming an entrepreneur in Asia from the Netherlands to Romania before arriving in China. A career that began with his own startup 18 years ago into virtual reality, well ahead of today's revival with Oculus Rift. His brief excursion into the world of Microsoft and now returning to the world of startups where he works on combining software and hardware to produce all-round engineering solutions and the pleasure he gets from helping others to learn and develop in this world through his involvement with Tekizu. Now we go straight into our second interview with Tekizu volunteer Kent Zaitlik. So I'm with Kent. I'm still at Hakazoo. Kent, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm Kent Zaitlik. Uh, I'm originally from Florida. And uh, I've been here in China for three years now. Um, currently what I do is uh, I work for a uh, sustainable engineering firm. And so I manage the firm and I, I help grow the company in this infrastructure. Um, actually, previous to that, I was working for a private equity firm, uh, Metro Capital. And so um, it had a lot of different prongs. Um, but it was a very interesting uh, company. And we also invested in, um, in early stage high technology startups in China. And uh, we also were doing open innovation consulting work for large multinationals. And previous to that, I was actually uh, working to get um, sustainable engineering um, projects uh, into China. So basically trying to implement sustainable technologies within China. Uh, and my first project was aquaponics, actually. So uh, I was here um, and I, I was one of the people who, who uh, helped start one of the first aquaponics, commercial aquaponics programs in a project in China. So, yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. So what's your involvement here at the Hackizoo? So Hackizoo, uh, I help organize um, the hackathon. Um, actually, I'm one of the organizers for Techizoo, uh, the, the people who are behind the organization behind Hackizoo. And uh, what I do is I help, actually yesterday, uh, I helped uh, the, the people who are just getting to understand the program, Arduino, um, teaching them the basics of that, um, really having them do small projects and go through those projects and make sure they, you know, they, they deal with those technical difficulties. And then uh, from there, discovering ways they can create uh, new things to go to more advanced type projects. Yeah, I was one of those people that yeah. you helped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, as I've said before, I, you know, I immensely enjoyed it. I mean, um, I found the experience very good. Yeah, it was a it was a really fun experience, and uh, you know that's why we do it here. You know, um, we actually we have events throughout the whole year. Uh, we have a Hacky Zoo event. Uh, we also have designing in Shanghai. So it looks at different ways we can de- redesign cities or redesign. We have a certain a central theme, and so we look at how designers can come in and like really solve a lot of problems. So it's all about like solving problems and ha- and having a good time at the same time, and and also it's the spread of ideas and innovation. Um, so that's what we really are here. All, that's what we're all about. So are you a software person or a hardware person? Or are you a combination of both? Uh, I'm a combination of both, but I would say I, I, I like um, design uh, in science. Like Those are like my two, my two passions. I try to blend those as much as possible. Art and science. Art and uh, science. Yeah, yeah so I, I really enjoy those. But um, I think it's very important to have those, those, those blends. And it's same, similar with software and hardware. Um, but I personally... I like hardware much more because I think that that's the hardware is where you can actually recreate the platform for people to come in and then create software, right? So I think the hardware is like the biggest, the the biggest um, things you have to actually really build. That's the hardest part. But once that's done, then whole uh, immense applications can be can be formed. So. So can you give us an example of one of the projects you've worked on? 
Um, uh, you mean with the projects that are here in, in uh, the Hackathon event or? Oh, a project of yours, a personal project. Oh, my personal projects? Um, that comes with that. I mean, my personal projects, I would say that, uh, I mean, like I said earlier, how it works with aquaponics. So what we did was, you know, if you're not familiar with aquaponics, it's basically hydroponics, which is the growing of vegetables in a soilless medium and within water, right? Nutrient dense water. Um, and aquaculture, right? The growing of fish. So then it's the, the fusion of both these two. And, and then having this fusion, um, create a positive feedback loop between the two, right? So then you have, um, uh, this water that's vitaminally enriched by the fish. And then we flush that system throughout, um, the, the hydroponic system. And then the, the vegetables are then utilizing that system. And then that water then goes back into the fish, right? So it's this feedback loop and it solves many problems that China has. And so that, that was something that we really enjoyed, but there was a lot of technicalities that had to be, um, figured out hardware and software. And there's a lot of things, a lot of new innovations that we put into the system that included, uh, you know, whenever, uh, a, a system broke down, we got a, um, an alarm from within our phones because we try to make an automated system. The system was completely automated so that, um, it was, it can be completely run by itself. Right. Uh, so that's what, that was the, the premise behind the idea behind it. So where would one of these systems be? Would it be? In the home or in somebody's This was a commercial, a commercial, commercial project. project. So yeah, it was a commercial project. So a very large system, uh, million, millions of our, I think we had a million RMB investment into the program. Because I've seen so small aquaponics. Yeah. Um, no, aquaponics. Yeah, aquap- uh, yeah, aquaponics. aquaponics. Aqu- so yeah. it's, I've seen small aquaponics um, in people's houses or in small offices, but I didn't realize the scale that they could be blown yeah. up to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So it, yeah. So the scale can really, really, really reach any, any large scale. So, uh, you know, what we can do is, um, uh, the smaller scales are interesting. Um, but when you actually put it on a very large scale, there's a lot more things that are, that are happening. Um, but we, we did create, uh, systems for both. Yeah. Right. So we did create systems for both. Um, folks so people can really interact with the smaller system. <clears throat> but the goal is to actually make it something practical to really feed people, right? Especially Chinese. So what do you hope people get from this weekend? Uh, well, I hope, you know, people really, really get, um, a firm understanding that, uh, you know, this is all about, you know, people can do this. You can learn this on your own and you can create something. You can solve a problem, a real problem, uh, that's out there and you can do it if you just put some effort into it. Right. So we want to give people the tools and the frame of mind to do that. And so I think that's most important. That's key. And not people really sometimes believe in themselves that they can do that. Um, that's like the heart of like what every entrepreneur is. Right. Every entrepreneur is here and they, they see a problem and they, and they go out and fix it. But I think too many people are limited by the fact that they believe they can't do that. So I think giving people the power and giving people that, that notion that, yes, you can do that. That mindset is very important. And that's what we're trying to really drive through. Um, and second of that, you know, have fun. And it's all, you know, when these problems are presented, it's all about having fun and coming together, collaborating and exchanging ideas and, and innovative ways to, to solve these problems. Once again, you're reinforcing the idea that entrepreneurs get involved in this kind of activity yes. so that they can learn the practical skills that they can use to apply to their problems and solve their problems. Exactly. Practical skills um, and also um, uh, skills that they can, you know, practical skills in terms of like working with teams, 
and also uh, those metaphysical skills almost in, 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 in terms of like how do you think about, about this problem, right? Uh, how do you actually approach this problem <clears throat> and what can be solved? And also about persistence, you know? A lot of the teams that are here, they persist and they persist and it's this, it's this environment that we create. Uh, two days, you know, you have 48 hours to complete this project and it, you know, really spurs creativity and innovation. So that's why we do that. Okay, thank you very much, Kent. All right, thank you so much. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Um, you can get to me. You can get in touch with me uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, Kent Zaitlik. Um, just type in Kent Zaitlik in LinkedIn. Also, um, my uh, email address is uh, nicholas.zaitlik at gmail.com. Uh, you can also feel free to you know send me an email. I'll be happy to reply. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much All again. Right. Uh, so I'll keep much. in touch. Yeah, definitely. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thanks. That was Kent Zaitlik, the second Tekazu volunteer based in Shinchujian. Kent explained his journey to becoming an entrepreneur in Asia, working for a private equity firm in the area of sustainable engineering. His love for combining art and science to create large-scale sustainable commercial projects for the production of food. His view of the important goals and lessons that participants achieve and learn through their participation of events such as Hakazu 2015. Now let's go into our final interview with Tekazu volunteer, Noah Solnik. Hi, I'm at Tekazu, and I'm with another one of the experts. Um, that's Noah. That's right. Yeah. Can you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Noah. I come from um, San Francisco, California, and I've uh, been in China for about two years. Last year, I was in a city called Dalian, and uh, one year ago, I came down to Shanghai, and uh, it's been a great time so far. So what are you doing here in Tekizu? So um, when I, I first came to Shanghai, um, I, I'm not sure how I remember I found it, maybe via word of mouth or via um, online posts, but I, I discovered an event called Bar Camp. And this was something that I'd heard about um, several years back. Um, and as far as I knew, it was basically a, a free and open tech conference. Um, so I ended up heading over there um, and had a fantastic time, uh, met hundreds, literally hundreds of, of tech geeks, basically of all different types. Um, it was uh, basically a, a giant conference where anybody can give a presentation about anything. Um, I found out that that conference was run by a nonprofit group called TechIzu um, and uh, found the organizers and said, hey, um, can I join up? And, and being a, a nonprofit volunteer-run organization, they said, sure. Um, and so since then, um, I've been helping to run uh, events in Shanghai uh, with TechIzu. So this event this weekend um, is over is over two days. What other events have you helped organize? So um, besides the event today, HackIzu, um, one of the other large events that TechIzu runs is called Bar Camp, the one that I mentioned just now. Um, basically, that's sort of a, a unconference, if you will. Most conferences, they have a keynote speaker and they have um, a agenda that's preset ahead of time with topics. Uh, at bar camps, the agenda is set day of, and the speakers can be anyone. Um, and so that's an event that we run twice per year, about 600 or so people. Uh, in addition to that, we run events uh, focused on design, uh, called Designing Shanghai, in which we try to uh, introduce you know members of the community to design concepts. Um, in addition to those events, um, we also run some other startup competitions. 
um, and uh, other happy hours for members of the tech startup, you know, design community, and other smaller events. So, this event, what was your role specifically in this weekend's events? Uh, for this weekend, the roles are rather flexible at TechiZoo, yeah. um, but for this event, um, I was the primary contact. We call them the sheriffs uh, for the event. So I was primarily responsible for putting it all together, um, making sure the venue is secure, um, making sure that we do a good job in getting the word out so we have participants, um, snacks for the teams. It's uh, it's actually a relatively low effort, these kind of things. Uh, I think as long as you get the people you get the word out to the right folks, let them know that this kind of opportunity is here and give them some food and a space. Um, it's, it's, they kind of almost organize themselves. Yeah. Okay. So you, you were doing the laser cutting? Yes. Okay. So this, over this weekend, you were taking us through the laser cutting program. And I was lucky enough as a, to join the beginner program and you helped me to produce my logo effectively. So can you just tell us about the laser cutting. Sure. Um, in the past, um, you know, at the at the Hacky Zoo event, uh, we had two goals. Uh, one is just to introduce uh, beginners to sort of basic um, the concepts in order to make your own hardware components, um, as well as to allow a space for teams to come together to put together advanced projects. Um, this year, in addition to that, um, we wanted to introduce something new, and so <clears throat> in conjunction with Xingfab, which is a, a fabrication group um, that's also in Shanghai. Um, we worked with them to get them to help uh, get partner with them to use their laser cutter and put together this mini intro to laser cutting course. Um, and so um, at the event, I taught you know a group of yourself and um, some other beginners the basics of you know what laser cutting is, uh, how to use the software, and then. Uh, after creating some files to be laser cut, bring it over to Xingfab, and they were actually there to describe you know, how laser cutter works and put it in the machine and, and cut some wood out. And so uh, it was actually my first time um, seeing this actually happen, and it was, it was very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I was excited to buy it too. Um, the software, it, it, where did, I mean, we downloaded software onto our laptops. Um, we didn't pay for it. Why was that? So um, the software that we use was called Inkscape, um, and Inkscape is some as a piece of software has been around for a while. It's been open sourced, um, and so uh, we are lucky enough to be benefiting from the hours of uh, work that uh, I'm sure people all around the world are putting in onto this piece of software. Um, there are other alternatives like Adobe Illustrator, um, but those are uh, much more expensive. And so, uh, and so, yeah, I guess if any of those people are listening to this, a big thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, um, I think one thing that tends to hold people back from getting involved in design is the cost of equipment. Open source, it's a good introduction to say, do I like this? Can I take part? And then when you become good at it, then you can go out and buy the more professional products as your ability improves. So is there anything else you, you know, you'd like to tell us about this space and about what you do? I have to say, I am happy that Shanghai has uh, has spaces like this. Um, previously, before coming to China, I was in um, San Francisco, and um, they do have similar hacker spaces, um, such as Xingzhen um, and Xingfab, where people who who want to create, you know, have easy access to tools. 
But actually, as far as I was aware, um, the ones in San Francisco are a little bit out, out of the way. Um, some of them are down by Silicon Valley. Um, and they weren't, they're not as open as what I've seen here in Shanghai. Perhaps it's a function of um, the expat community being smaller and maybe more welcoming to, um, to expats. Um, but it's, the, the community here is, is very open. Um, and so I think that's been a, a great asset um, to creative folks um, you know, in tech and outside of tech want to build stuff in Shanghai. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy that we have these opportunities. Okay. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, uh, how can they do so? So um, we've got a website at techizu.org. It's T-E-C-H-Y-I-Z-U.org. Um, and you'll find our contact information there. Um, and uh, if you're on WeChat, um, we also have an official WeChat account. Um, if you search for TechEZU, you'll find us. Thank you very much, Noah. And um, I'll keep in touch. Thanks a lot. That was Noah Solnik, the final Tekizu volunteer based in Xinjiang. Noah explained how he found by chance the Barcamp Tech Conference and how from there his involvement with events organized by Tekizu has grown. What these events such as Hakazu 2015, Barcamp, Design Shanghai and Startup Competitions require and are all about. His own personal involvement at Hakizu 2015 with the beginner's introduction to laser cutting using Inkscape, the free open source software. We hope that you enjoyed these interviews as much as we did making them. This is Neville J. McKenzie ending the 11th AsiaBusiness.com interview, Entrepreneurs in Action. This brings us to the end of this episode of Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now we need you to hit the subscribe button and head over to asiabizstories.com for more great information on how to take your inspiration and turn it into action. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you join us next time on Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action.